Hey everybody, welcome to Bar Talk, the State Bar's podcast in which we talk about everything related to the North Carolina State Bar. We're here today to give you an update on the summer quarterly meeting of the State Bar Council, which just wrapped up this past Friday. Um, I'm here with Brian Oten, the Ethics Council and Director of Special Programs at the State Bar. Hey Peter, thanks for having me again. And again, my name is Peter Bolak. I'm the Assistant Executive Director at the State Bar, and we want to give you a brief update on what happened last week at the council meeting. We were fortunate enough to be uh, joined uh, for parts of our council meeting by by Chief Justice Paul Newby, uh, who uh, met with our officers and addressed the the Bar Council on Friday morning. Uh, Justice Newby was also at uh, the dinner on Thursday night in which we were uh, able and uh, lucky enough to be able to present some Distinguished Service Awards. That's right. We had some uh, recipients of the Distinguished Service Award. Now, the the Distinguished Service Award, just so everyone knows, uh, that's the John B. McMillan Award. It's the only award the State Bar gives uh, to the lawyers of North Carolina. And there were four recipients that received Distinguished Service Awards during the COVID pandemic. And so we weren't able to uh, properly recognize them and, and present them with the award over the past uh, 18 months. Uh, but the uh, we had four recipients at the meeting, uh, and they all uh, were presented with their awards. These recipients were Bill Powers, Woody Kinnett, Victor Boone, and Ashley Hogwood. Uh, they were all presented by the different uh, lawyers, that, particularly the counselors from their districts. Just a great overview of, of the ways that they have really contributed to the profession uh, and improved the lives of not just lawyers around them, but their, their respective communities. Yeah, and it was, uh, it, was a, it was a great dinner and reception and uh, highlighted at the end uh, also by the announcement by the nominating committee of the State Bar, which is the last um, six past presidents of the state bar announced their nominee to stand for election in October for the next uh, officer position to be the next vice president of the state bar and ultimately hopefully uh, in in a matter of years the next president uh, the president of the state bar and their announcement was uh, Todd Brown who's a lawyer at uh, Hunt and Andrews and Kurth in Charlotte and uh, he's the managing partner there Todd has been a counselor uh, Charlotte counselor for uh, this is his ninth year and has chaired numerous committees, including the Grievance Committee. Uh, and we're just delighted to have Todd as, as in the line as being uh, the next officer and, and one of the next presidents of the state bar. And that was, a, that was a great highlight of the event on Thursday night. Now, Peter, you are missing one thing, uh, not to take away from the spotlight with Todd, uh, but there was some other big news for the North Carolina State Bar uh, that we announced last week. Do you want to tell everybody about this big news? Yeah, I think perhaps the biggest news of the year. Uh, everybody hold on to your seats, uh, hold on to the steering wheel. Uh, the state bar is now verified on Twitter. Yes, we got that blue check. So Huge. You can be confident that a tweet from the state bar is really from the state bar. Uh, it's uh, we've been celebrating uh, constantly since this came up, and and so we're we're just thrilled to be able to report that to you. Hoping this podcast goes viral. That's right. So uh, let's get down to some meat and potatoes of of the substance of of the weeks of the meeting, um, and talk about uh, what were the actions and and um, outcomes coming from the ethics committee. 
Sure. So the Ethics Committee met on Thursday, July 15th, and they had a, a packed agenda as usual. Uh, as a result of that meeting, uh, they published two new opinions that we would love to get feedback on. We want all lawyers to read these opinions. And if you think they're correct, please tell us. If you think we got it horribly wrong, please tell us. You can send your comments to ethicscomments at ncbar.gov. These opinions, two of them, uh, that were published uh, over this next quarter. One is lawyer possession of contraband during representation. Uh, the other is lawyer participation in Google screen paper lead advertising programs. You can imagine that that latter opinion uh, is going to get a lot of attention. Uh, we know we've received, uh, we being the, the ethics staff, have received a number of calls uh, from lawyers about whether they can participate in these uh, local service ads that are offered through Google and other providers. So feel free to take a look at that opinion. We'd love to get your feedback. Uh, the Ethics Committee also did recommend uh, to the full council for adoption three different uh, ethics opinions that had previously been published for comment. Uh, those opinions were proposed 2019 FEO4, that's communications with judicial officials, uh, 2020 uh, FEO1, responding to negative online reviews, and 2021 FEO2, which deals with a lawyer's professional responsibility in identifying and avoiding counterfeit checks. Each of these opinions were considered by the, the ethics committee, um, some of which, including that communications with judicial officials, uh, have been in the committee for, for a number of years. Uh, and those opinions were all sent to the council. And on Friday, July 16th, the council did adopt each of those opinions. So you can find those opinions, uh, not just in the State Bar Journal from this past quarter, but also you'll soon find them on the State Bar's website. And, and a couple of those opinions that were adopted, Brian, were the product of subcommittee uh, review and uh, reaction to a number of comments. And so just as a reminder that your comments make a difference, I mean, I think especially the uh, um, communications with judicial officials and uh, and the few, negative, and online, the negative reviews. online reviews, we, we really used the comments from lawyers uh, in in making sure that the the opinion that came out of the council was one that everyone was comfortable with. And so your your views do make a difference there. Absolutely. Uh, there were a number of a few rules that were uh, adopted by the council uh, at its Friday meeting. Uh, there, these rules were published for comment over the last quarter. Uh, I'll mention a couple and then and hand one over to Brian. So uh, there was uh, there are rules that were further explaining and, and adding uh, more details to the reinstatement requirements for lawyers who have been in inactive or suspended uh, for more than seven years. Um, there the the old rule required that if you were um, suspended for more than seven years that you had to complete uh, the bar exam to be readmitted. Well, since that rule was adopted, there was the implementation of the uh, UBE and other uh, requirements related to the UBE. So that rule clarifies that the lawyer has to complete all of the necessary requirements that would have been required for a lawyer to be admitted via the bar exam process. And that was both a disciplinary rule and an administrative rule that covered covered those those aspects. The second rule that was, the, or the, the third rule really that was adopted related to the CLE board, allowing the CLE board to uh, refuse to approve uh, CLE course applications from sponsors who are delinquent in paying the attendance fees. And so that's not necessarily uh, 
useful to every member of the board, but that those those were three of the rules that were adopted. I think one of the the biggest rules that was adopted by the council that has uh, the uh, an actual uh, lawyer impact would be the um, adoption of the amendments to the preamble to the rules of professional conduct. And Brian, you'll walk us through that. Sure. So this uh, this process started last year. Uh, the Ethics Committee announced uh, some initiatives to look at a couple of different parts of the rules of professional conduct, including the preamble. Uh, and back in July of 2020, the Ethics Committee, the Executive Committee, and ultimately the full council uh, published a proposed amendment to the preamble. Um, that proposal received a lot of different feedback, both in support and opposed uh, to the uh, the suggested amendment. And so this went back to subcommittee, stayed in subcommittee, and was studied for a number of months. And ultimately, uh, we had a, a new uh, proposed amendment to the preamble that was published in April of this year. And it came back before the council at the July meeting. Both the Ethics Committee and the Executive Committee studied uh, this uh, uh, this proposed amendment as well as the comments that we received and uh, in both of those committees uh, the uh, the recommendation was to send on to the council uh, that proposed amendment for adoption and transmission to the Supreme Court uh, I think it's important to point out that in both the ethics and executive committees uh, the vote did not have any opposition uh, when it when it came through uh, once we went to the full council, uh, then uh, once again, it was presented to the full council and uh, a vast majority of uh, the uh, the council voted in favor of adopting the proposed amendment to the preamble and transmitting that to the Supreme Court. And this preamble proposal reads as follows. Uh, the North Carolina Constitution requires that right and justice shall be administered without favor, denial or delay. Public confidence in the justice system is strengthened when all participants are treated equally, fairly, honestly, and respectfully within the system. A lawyer, as a representative of and crucial contributor to the justice system, should foster public confidence in the administration of justice by treating all persons the lawyer encounters in a professional capacity equally, courteously, respectfully, and with dignity, regardless of a person's race, sex, national origin, religion, age, disability, sexual orientation, gender identity, marital status, or socioeconomic status. At this point, this proposed amendment to the preamble will be sent on to the Supreme Court for its review and uh, ultimate potential adoption. And, and Brian, um, what is the distinction with something being in the preamble versus potentially being one of the uh, rules of the rules of professional conduct? I think it's a great question. The preamble is entirely aspirational. Uh, if you look in the preamble, you're going to see a bunch of statements that really uh, try to articulate the different values of the profession, the different uh, goals that lawyers should aspire to. You'll see things like uh, lawyers uh, being encouraged to uh, take on leadership roles in their communities to provide pro bono service uh, to those that have legal needs and cannot afford to uh, pay for legal services. These aspirations are all met with language about what a lawyer should do, not what a lawyer shall do. The preamble, uh, I think just by its own nature, as well as historically, has been interpreted entirely as an aspirational uh, statement. It is not something that is enforced. Only the rules of professional conduct are enforced. So I think it's important to, to note that this statement, uh, again, is an aspirational statement as to what lawyers uh, should aspire to, uh, but is not something that will be enforced against lawyers. 
the uh, there's a lot of uh, events coming up or, or studies going on that that have been uh, going on the last quarter or two, but are going to continue next quarter. Uh, I'll, one of the uh, big studies that's going on is by the Board of CLE, the Board of Continuing Legal Education. They're really conducting a, a broad overview of their rules and procedures to to see if there's a way to make the whole process more efficient for lawyers and for uh, the staff here at the state bar. They're going to study everything under the sun related to CLE, including um, course application process, if there should be fees related to course applications and instead of fees related to attendance. They're going to study a reporting period, whether lawyers should have more. Uh, it should be a one, a two- or three-year reporting period for uh, your CLE requirements, uh, whether you should even be required to file an annual report form as long as our system says that you're compliant, uh, should there be a requirement that you, you send in a form that tells us what we already know. Uh, and, and really just we want to make the, the CLE process better for lawyers. It's been uh, 30 or 40 years since, since these rules have really undergone a broad review, and so that study is going to continue, hopefully with some uh, recommendations and proposed rule changes by the end of the year. Um, Brian, there's also uh, been a, a subcommittee of, of the Issues Committee that has studied uh, uh, all of the various regulatory changes that have been going on across the country and, and, other, and in other countries, and which ones the State Bar might want to give further study to. Uh, will you highlight one of the you know one of the areas that we're going to be uh, giving closer look at? Sure, and this is a, a topic that's I think really interesting um, to to a lot of the lawyers out there. Uh, the as some of you may or may not know, there's a lot of different regulatory change efforts in various jurisdictions. Um, Utah and Arizona being uh, prime examples, but California and Florida are also looking at just how the regulation of the profession takes place and and what sort of barriers might actually be. Um, really kind of uh, preventing those that need access to legal services from getting those services. Um, so uh, the state bar put together a subcommittee. Uh, like Peter said, it's a subcommittee of the issues committee. Uh, and, and they've been studying all these different regulatory change efforts over the past year. Uh, at this July meeting, uh, the chair of that subcommittee, Mark Enriquez, uh, made a recommendation to the executive committee to appoint an ad hoc committee that would uh, take the next steps uh, from study to actually try to put something together with regards to one particular idea uh, that uh, the subcommittee has studied, and that is the potential creation of a new license for paraprofessionals. Uh, this would be a license for non-lawyers to practice very limited aspects of legal practice in very specific areas of law. Um, and this is all tied to the legal needs assessment that was released uh, just this past May um, and, uh, and looking at what sort of areas of need people in this state have for legal services that they simply cannot afford or cannot obtain. Um, Landlord-tenant being, uh, being a, a good example uh, of that. Uh, I know uh, there are some aspects of uh, domestic practice, not the entire thing, but some aspects with regards to, say, domestic violence and things of that nature, uh, that uh, the uh, the next subcommittee uh, or the next ad hoc committee, I should say, will take a look at in terms of can we create a license that actually is uh, 
I guess, feasible uh, for those that need to obtain the license and that really will empower individuals to provide legal services that currently uh, citizens of this state simply aren't able to obtain. So uh, for one reason or another. So so that's what the ad hoc committee is uh, is going to be studying. They're going to start taking some next steps. The executive committee approved that action and we'll look to uh, see if there's a, a new committee of the state bar council appointed by the October meeting. If you gather nothing from that, you'll know that the state bar loves committees. The more, the merrier. So, all right, we're at our final two two items, uh, the, the ones that I think you've been waiting for. Uh, Brian, will you quickly announce the two districts that are going to be subject to random audit sure. in the third quarter? So random audits uh, have been all remote during the uh, during the, the shutdown, uh, as everybody can imagine, but they are going to be returning to on-site audits. Uh, the State Bar's random auditor, Ann Parkin, will be returning to on-site audits over the next quarter, and those audits will occur in District 26, composed of Mecklenburg County, and District 38 composed of Gaston County. Those are the two districts that uh, will uh, have various lawyers subject to random trust count audits coming up this quarter. And finally, let's end it with some of the grievance statistics. The grievance committee met in person uh, this quarter, which was the first time we've gotten to meet in person since January of 2020. Uh, We're happy to be able to have an in-person meeting. And these were the results of the grievance committee. 69 files of the 122 items considered were dismissed. One lawyer was referred to the Lawyer Assistance Program. Ten lawyers were referred to the Trust Accounting Compliance Program. Five lawyers received letters of caution. Five lawyers received letters of warning. Nine lawyers received admonitions. Five lawyers received reprimands. Three lawyers received censures. And 11 lawyers were referred to the Disciplinary Hearing Commission for uh, prosecution, essentially related to potential suspension or disbarment. Uh, that was the uh, report of the Grievance Committee that we heard on Friday morning. Those meetings are confidential to only Grievance Committee members, and we received the, the numbers from the Grievance Chair on Friday morning. Uh, we had a, a very uh, substantive and uh, efficient meeting last week. We were excited to get back in person, and we're excited to continue that uh, with our next meeting of the Council that will take place here in Raleigh at the State Bar Building in October in which we will elect and uh, a new vice president and swear in Darren Jordan to be the next president of the state bar. He's currently the president-elect. Uh, we are glad that you guys could join us on this podcast today. Uh, again, if you have any questions about anything at the state bar, please reach out to me or Brian. Our emails are on the website. If you have comments related to any of the published opinions, please send them to Ethics comments at ncbar.gov. And we will include those with anything that is sent to the council when they consider these opinions um, next quarter. Uh, thanks again for joining us. We'll see you again on another episode of Bar Talk.